Podcast Answer Man, episode number 147. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I have a full show, as I do every week, lined up, ready to go. Today, I'm going to share with you phone interviews that go perfect. I'm going to share with you my favorite, my most awesome interview, at least the story behind it anyway. I'm going to talk about my session coming up at PodCamp Nashville 2010, why Bluehost is my preferred web host these days, and uh, what we need to worry about when it comes to assuming that people listen the way that we do. We're going to talk about compressor limiter gates a little bit more, and also we're going to ask ourselves the question if there are any legal ramifications to starting a fan podcast. And it just seems to me that the music kind of died out a little sooner than I had expected, or maybe maybe I started a little late. But anyway, hey, I'm glad you're here. And uh, it, it's odd. I was actually queuing up the audio files. And by the way, thank you to everybody who has been submitting your questions for future shows. I was, you know, the well was starting to get a little dried out there. And I thought maybe I might only be able to pull off maybe two or three more shows full of your questions. But uh, you guys have replenished the well. And I appreciate that. Of course, you can send in your audio questions, submit them to our 24 hour, seven day a week, always available to you voicemail feedback hotline. That phone number is 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. But anyway, I've already shared with you right there at the front of the show. Those are the topics that I'm covering today. And if any of those sound interesting to you, then please continue to listen. And today I want to talk about, I'm going to start things off talking about the perfect phone interview. It was maybe two episodes back, I I believe it was. Dr. Tom Lamar called in and he asked, you know, hey, can you give us some tips and tricks and hints and and thoughts on what to do when doing these telephone interviews, when you're doing interviews for your podcast? And of course, you know, I, I shared basically a horror story. You know, I'm, I'm a, I've done, you know, more than 2000 podcast episodes over the last four years. And I shared that really, honestly, the single most worst episode I ever released in a podcast. Uh, luckily it was only released to a certain small, very section, a small group of people who, who subscribe to, uh, the plus member only section of that podcast. And, and I almost felt bad about putting it out there for them. But I shared that, you know, here's the things that you can learn from this huge mistake that I made doing an interview. And these are the things that, you know, knowing what I know, this is why I'm kicking myself in the rear end for even doing that interview and and not rescheduling it. But uh, I shared I shared all of that. But today I want to share with you um, some some things that I learned from a ma- a massive success. I mean, I'm telling you, I know that it sound it may sound boastful and arrogant, and and you know if that's the way that that comes off to you, I apologize. But uh, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, oftentimes I'm very concerned. You know, it's like, man, was that a good episode? I just don't know. But th- there was one episode that I released recently. It's the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. You can find it at BiggestLoserPodcast.com. The thing is, though, is we don't. Uh, Father Roderick and I, for some reason, he didn't want to list episode numbers on that particular show. So uh, it is episode 18, but because it may be difficult for you to find it, let's just say if you're listening to this five, six, seven months later, even two or three years later, uh, hopefully this permalink that I've created will continue to work for you. If you just type in gspn.tv forward slash perfect interview, all one word, that's gspn.tv slash perfect interview. And that will forward you to the interview that I'm talking about. Now, this interview that we did, it was with a, it was, we, we do the Biggest Loser fan podcast, which is about the TV show, The Biggest Loser. We have tons of our audience who actually listen to the show who don't watch the TV show itself. And so we've actually purposely created in such a way that you really don't have to actually watch the show to get the benefit of uh, the things that we share uh, from the show. So anyway, um, but anyway, we do this Biggest Loser fan podcast, and we had the opportunity to interview Sione and Felipe Fa from season seven of The Biggest Losers. Uh, these are two guys who made it really, really, really far into this contest on The Biggest Loser, and we had the opportunity to 
um, interview them. And we did the interview last week and it was phenomenal. And so what I'd like to do is, number one, if you want to, I encourage you to go to gspn.tv slash perfect interview and go and listen to that episode and uh, feel free to leave me feedback whether or not you thought it was good or bad or whatever uh, the case may be that I, I just leave that for you to decide but I was really happy with it and what I'm going to do is I want to share with you a couple things about this interview things that I think you know I, I made notes to myself why did this happen why was this such a good interview and 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 what would I like to repeat in future interviews based upon how well this went? So here's the situation. Number one, there was great communication before the call. And when I say this, I mean this. This we did not rush into this interview. Uh, this is something that we had been planning for well over a month and a half. Uh, it we had it started out. We got connected. It started out. Uh, they sent me a. Uh, Facebook message. And then, of course, you know, it takes me a while to respond to Facebook messages. I prefer email. Uh, so finally, I responded to them and, and uh, you know, we had some good conversation and wasn't quite sure, you know, do we want to bring them onto the show? I never really watched season, season seven. I saw like an episode or two. Father Roderick really did know who these guys were uh, and says, man, that would be the most amazing thing to have them on. And I said, okay, well, let, so we want to do this. And so I asked them to move the conversation over to email. We communicated some things and back and forth. Just had a lot of real good communication about how long the interview would be, uh, what time the interview would be, uh, how they were going to connect to us. We found out that they were going to call in the phone line. Uh, we, you know, All of these different things. We communicated a lot of things. Number one, I'll let you know, I still did not tell them ahead of time what the questions would be. Uh, it was still very conversational, uh, but th- let's just put it this way. There was a lot of communication that happened before we ever brought them into the show, so much so that I already felt like, you know, th- there's already a starting relationship happening here, and and I've never even talked to them one-on-one, but this is really good. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, we're, we're both on the same page and excited about the interview. Next is, let's see here, the confirmation of the day. Okay, so or the confirmation the day of. So I wanted to um I wanted to make sure that they were still on. So the day of the interview, we were we were scheduled to record live and at eleven AM Eastern time. So I sent an email like at six o'clock in the morning uh and say, Hey guys, just wanted to let you know uh I'm looking forward to the interview today. Just want to confirm that we're still on for eleven AM. And right around 8.30 in the morning, they responded and said, yeah, we're definitely on. Looking forward to it. Uh, and in those conversations, you know, we you know, we confirmed that they were going to dial in and what the phone number was and all this other stuff. All right. And so and, and just so you know, they did dial in by phone. Uh, they I have the JK Audio broadcast host that I bring into the studio here. And then, of course, I had Father Roderick as my co-host, which, by the way, I'm here in northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Father Roderick is actually in Amersfoort in the Netherlands, and he came in via Skype. So here I am. It's it's me in the studio, Father Roderick on via Skype, the two of us, and then we're bringing in two people who are phone conferenced together on their phone lines who are dialed into the studio line. So that's kind of the setup and that's what we were preparing for another thing that i think really went well now you guys know me i okay for those of you who do know me and by the way for those of you tuning in right now for the very first time welcome i'm glad you're here and i hope that you like the podcast answer man and that after today you'll say man that that's got so much valuable information that i'm glad i listened and i want to go listen to the other 146 episodes prior the one thing i'll suggest to you brand new listeners do me a favor, listen to them in reverse order. Go backwards because I started this podcast when I was doing this as a hobby many, many years ago. And back then I was all excited about my condenser microphones. Uh, not so much these days. So anyway, listen in reverse order. That way you'll know if I contradict something that I said earlier episodes, you'll learn that I've found better ways to improve the quality of my show. Anyway, so with that being said, we, we had all this hooked up. Uh, you guys know that I prefer recording live to the drive, 
All right. Not necessarily recording to my computer. I record everything into the Adderall digital recorder here. And but but the thing is, is I like to hit the record button. I like to hit play on the music. I like to manually turn the music down and talk over it just like I did at the beginning of the show here. And I like to just, you know, when I'm finished talking and the music's done at the end, I like to hit stop and boom, the show is done. I don't like to edit anything out if I can avoid it. Um, you know, I do have some post-production things I do through Adobe Audition to kind of beef up and and meet, make the sound a little meatier. But I just open it up on Audition, run a process on it, hit save, and then tag it, upload it to the web, and push it out to the RSS feeds. So I don't like to do a whole lot of chopping and adding music in after the fact. I don't like a lot of post-production. So here's what we did. About 40 minutes before Felipe and Sione were supposed to call us, I got Father Roderick on via Skype. And what Father Roderick and I did is we started the episode. So I I sit there and Father Roderick says, uh, you're listening to the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast with Father Roderick and Cliff Ravenscraft. And then, you know, then, then this kicks in. All right, and so the, the, so the music kicks in, and then all of a sudden we introduce the thing. We got we're all excited today, and blah blah blah. And then Father Roderick and I spend about five minutes introducing who these people are, why we're excited about having them on the show, what we're going to ask them in this episode. This is getting ready to come up, and then and basically what I did is I went and said, okay, and so we're going to bring them on. Uh, let's go ahead and get them on the line. And then, and what I did is I played that music and then I, I slowly faded it out. And do you know what I did at that point? I hit the pause button. So on my recorder, I stopped the record. I didn't stop the recording. I just paused it. And because it was paused, now we have the entire beginning of the show. And so it just stayed on pause. It was, it was paused. It remained paused for about 40 minutes. So what happened was we, we got the front of the show already done uh, and then Father Roderick and I spent the, for the next 35 minutes, we spent creating a roadmap. We, you know, what are we going to do? Okay. And we, we broke it down. It's like, listen, we're going to do an introduction, you know, a slight introduction. Find, let these guys introduce themselves. We're going to ask them, how is it that you got on the show? Then we're going to ask questions about life on the ranch, the biggest loser ranch. And we want to ask them then about life after the show. And then we know that they're actually, you know, these days they're, they're receiving money to be endorsed products. And we want to give them the opportunity to endorse their products that, you know, that's, that's a part of it. And so, so that was the roadmap. Now we did not write out every question. We did write down a couple questions we wanted to make sure we didn't overlook, but we pretty much just gave ourselves the roadmap. These are the points that we're going to go down. So here's the situation. We created the roadmap. All right. And we were prepared to do the interview by the time that the phone rang and they actually called us. So they came, they called in on the uh, broadcast host line and we didn't, we just kind of chatted for a few minutes. We just, you know, got to know each other and, you know, got the, you know, he, he so they could tell my voices, <coughs> my voice says my voice. And I apologize for that cough, by the way, uh, my voice versus father Roderick. So they kind of know who's talking and we gave them the roadmap. We sh- we shared with them the roadmap. It's like, listen, we're going to ask you to introduce yourself. We're going to then ask you about how you got on the show. Then we're going to ask you about questions about life on the ranch. Then we're going to ask you about life after the show. And at the end of our conversation, before we let you go, we're going to give you the opportunity to endorse your products. Can you tell us what the names of your products are and what the websites are so that I can type those up right now? And so we kind of got all of this stuff out of the way before I unpaused the recorder. Now, okay, so we got all that done. I hit unpause. And of course, for the people who are listening to the podcast, they just heard, you know, they just heard this. And then I said, okay, so we have uh, Sione and Felipe on the phone right now. Hey, guys, how's it going? And for it's, it's like it was, it's just one audio recording. We, we hit unpause. We talked naturally with them, had a great conversation. The important things to understand, these guys were guests on the show. Both Father Roderick and myself completely interested in everything they had to say. We're both huge fans of the show. They had information that would give us insight into what it's really like, what the cameras don't show. And there was a lot of that stuff was brought out. Everything we as fans of the show wanted to know, we got it, it, every bit of it and more. It was it was just really an awesome interview. By, by the way, I want to let you know, 
Uh, remember I told you in the interview that went really bad, you know, uh, my co-host of the other show, he knew this, he knew all the things he wanted to know and stuff like that. I personally didn't have that direct one-on-one really passionate interest in everything. And so in this one, I did have a passionate interest, but I even, I even did a lot of homework. I went back and I watched all the audio clips that I could find on our video clips that I could find online that had anything that had to do with Siona and Felipe and, and season seven. I found some stuff on Hulu.com. I also went to YouTube and I saw, you know, all kinds of different news stations that did interviews with these guys. So by the time we got into this conversation, I knew a lot about them and I was ready to really engage in conversation. And I kind of knew already, I already knew some of the answers to some of the questions that I was going to ask them. And I talked about that in the in the last episode, not last week, but in the episode recently where I talked about interview. So, so we had, uh, and we also, one of the other things we did is we knew the interview was coming up. We had announced it the week before. And one of our listeners called in and left a question for... Sione and Felipe on our voicemail hotline. And so rather than reading, hey, one of our question, one of the folks in our community wanted us to ask you this. Instead, uh, Fred from Long Island had the opportunity to actually ask Sione and Felipe himself. Uh, so that was that was really interesting. And of course, it totally impressed them that, man, that, that's cool that you guys can do that. Uh, so we had one question already queued up from our audience asked uh, to these guys. Then Father Roderick and I, um, basically during the interview, Father Roderick and I are chatting with one another in real time using Google Wave. Yes, it is the one and only place that I use Google Wave these days is when I'm doing the shows for The Biggest Loser with Father Roderick. But we were we were chatting with one another during the interview, and basically it's like uh, Father Rod, you know, the the guys were answering a question and telling a story, and Father Roderick would say, "Hey, I have a question. If I can go next," and I said, "Sure, go ahead." And this conversation is happening in a side channel. Now we had the live stream that in the chat room, the chat tango chat room. Uh, up and running so people could ask questions in the chat room and we were fielding questions from there as much as we could not only that but Sione and Felipe were in the chat room and so they were seeing the questions and they were that you know it was just it was just a really neat experience there uh, so we were chatting via Google Wave, queuing one another, who was going to ask everything. And then at the end of the interview, we said, hey, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really awesome and uh, glad you guys were able to do it. And, of course, they said, hey, thanks for having us. And, and they say thanks. And then I hit pause. All right. So I hit pause. And then after I, I did that, we pretty much talked for another five, ten minutes with these guys, just off the record kind of stuff. And not only that, but these guys are connected with other contestants of the show. They're still connected with Bob um, Harper from uh, The Biggest Loser. And, you know, he, basically they, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to the, some of these other people and we'll tell them about your show. We'll, we'll see if we can't get them on here. I, I bet they'd like that. So, you know, we kind of, you know, it, the whole referral process, you never that you never get an answer yes unless you ask the question and the worst you can ever get is a no or maybe and so who knows and so we asked them to to tell other people you know other contestants that they know about the show and stuff like that and uh so basically we thanked them it was great uh it was it was really wonderful and then as soon as we were finished um <coughs> excuse me as soon as we were finished with the off the record stuff i hit this and so basically i we did kind of like Wait, nope, wrong music. I did this one. I did, uh, We I hit unpause, and then I did. Well, that was our interview with Sione and Felipe. Father Roderick, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? And, of course, that music right there, this music right here, is four minutes and 21 se- seconds long. And so, basically, we had the whole four minutes and 21 seconds long um, that... To, to kind of wrap up the show and and we kind of summarized some of the things that we learned and talked about this and 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 it just really really went well by the time the theme music ended we had wrapped up we say at the end of every show until next time be a loser and so uh it was really good the total interview was process i want by the time i hit the stop button i immediately drug it over off of my uh Edderall recorder drug it over to the desktop drug it into adobe audition ran a multi-band compression on it which gives it that oomph sound 
And then I saved that file. I tagged it, put the artwork on there, gave it all the titles and the meta tags, uploaded it to Libsyn, went into the WordPress installation and published it online. Within 30 minutes of hanging up the phone with Sione and Felipe, I was able to email them and say, hey, the interview that we did with you today is now online. Here's the link. Amazing. It was fun. It was great. It was it was an amazing interview. It was the perfect interview. And I've done a lot of interviews. And out of all of them, it's the one I'm the most proud of. So, um, and when I say that, I even think about, you know, the, the Dan Miller interview that I recently did. Now, as far as somebody that I was most honored to talk to, it was Dan Miller. But I want to just say that, um, you know, as far as executing the interview, um, this one was executed the best. Um, it, you know, the interview with Grammar Girl was great. It was awesome. But this one was the one that executed the best. So I learned things from the tragic, horrible episode that I talked to you about a couple weeks ago. Um, I learned things, you know, that I wish I would have done differently with the Dan Miller interview. I even learned some things that I wish I would have done slightly differently with with the Grammar Girl interview. Those were all excellent interview. Well, okay, minus the tragic one. Uh, the Dan Miller interview, I think, was a fun and very awesome interview. I wish I would have let Dan talk more. Um, and the Grammar Girl interview, that one was really good, but I wish I would have had a roadmap. I didn't have any roadmap for that one. So uh, proper planning, uh, like Jonathan in the chat room is saying, is is definitely the key here. And, uh, and and so all the things that I shared with you that I wish I would have done differently, all the things that I said, man, I, this, this is all the things I've learned from this huge, horrible mistake that I made. All of those things that I've learned got applied here and it really benefited that interview. And I encourage you to go to gspn.tv slash perfect interview. Listen for yourself and see what you think. All right. Moving on to item number two. Uh, and Brent Green's still saying, um, uh, the chat room, actually, most of them are saying, hey, just want to let you know that uh, Grammar Girl and Dan Miller interviews were still great interviews. I, I agree. They were great interviews. And what I'm talking about here, it wasn't the quality of the conversation, but I'm just talking about from, from pre- recording day to post-production all in all these are the things that i think made that thing successful all right so moving on to our next topic is PodCamp nashville 2010 do you live anywhere near nashville tennessee well even if you happen to be five hours away like i am i encourage you to hop in your car and go to PodCamp nashville of course you can go to podcampnashville.com and I am going to just type in Nashville into my browser here because I know it's going to pull up in my my auto thing here. And uh, let's see here. PodCamp Nashville is happening on, it is going to be, I think that's probably a Saturday, March 6th. All right. March 6th at Cadillac Ranch. I don't know where that is, but I'll find out when I get down there. I'm probably going to be staying. Well, I don't know. Probably I am going to be staying as I usually do with my great friend, Jonathan Nation, who happens to be in the chat room today. Uh, and by the way, I, I'm sorry. It is podcampnashville.org, not .com. So podcampnashville.org. March 6th. Tell your friends about this. Come out to this. If you're, if you're anywhere close enough to it. I will tell you, pod camps are a wonderful experience. I've talked about them many times here. I love to talk. And so you're, you're not going to give me, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to, to go to a conference where people are interested in podcasting and new media and have the ability for me to sign up and talk and not do it. I'm definitely talking. And so I can't wait. And I want to encourage you to sign up for my session and uh, matter of fact, you can go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash PCN10. That's podcastanswerman.com slash PCN10. That stands for PodCamp Nashville 10. Uh, and I want to encourage you to please go there and sign up for PodCamp Nashville and sign up for my session. Let me know that you're coming. Uh, and, and I would love to meet you face to face. And by the way, you definitely, if you're going to be at PodCamp Nashville, I'm going to tell you my session, I am going to give uh, something that people pay me $199 to do for them. 
uh, that I have a webinar that I just did that people paid $100 to be a part of the webinar and people will pay $100 for the digital product, you know, the 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 video and audio downloads of the the webinar that I did. And it's very valuable information. It's going to be, uh, the session I'm doing is a professional evaluation of a podcast. One of the most popular pod, uh, products that I've ever uh, done is tell people that for $199, I will review your podcast. I will review your podcast and I have approximately 100 points that I will look at and I will inspect your podcast website, your audio file, your social media strategy, your, you know, a bunch of different things, your iTunes listing, your RSS feeds. I'm going to look at a lot of different things and I'm going to give you tips and hints on things that I believe based upon the 2000 or so episodes that I've personally produced. Plus, not only that, uh, all the negative feedback and critical feedback and all the positive feedback that I've got over the years of what I found that people like and what they don't like and what they wish they had more of and what I wish I had more of myself and really helping people. And I am going now. I have no idea how much time they're going to give me at PodCamp Nashville. In in the last two years that I spoke there, it's the only PodCamp I've ever spoke at where I was only given 20 minutes to talk. Ridiculous. If they only give me 20 minutes to talk, my friends, I am going to be sweating bullets just to give you a good majority of that content. Um, if they give me 40 minutes, I think I'll be able to do a lot with it. Uh, Charlie Hayes is saying that they're giving me 35 minutes. I'm, I still can probably condense. What I'll probably do is take the top, you know, the top 40 or maybe actually, you know what? I'll probably take the top 35, uh, the top 35 things that I evaluate, the, the 35 most important things on that list. And so I'll, I'll do one topic for each minute that they give me. Anyway, I encourage you to come and participate in it. It's a free event. It doesn't cost you anything to participate and I would love to meet you, and um, it's going to be a great way to connect with other people who are interested in podcasting and new media as well. All right, so that's my talk, podcast an- or podcastanswerman.com forward slash PCN10. Please sign up. All right, next up is another topic I want to just share with you, and I want to say that bluehost.com is now my preferred web host. Now, I want to share right off the bat here, I do not use Bluehost. I do not have a personal account with them. I definitely wish that I did a lot of the time. Now, the thing is, I am using GoDaddy, and I have been using GoDaddy for... I've been using GoDaddy way before I started podcasting. I've been using GoDaddy now for probably about five or six years now. But I also have like 15 different websites and not just different websites, but a lot of other um, online tools and services that are hooked up and and all routed through my servers with GoDaddy. Uh, so for me to move from GoDaddy to another web host literally takes two weeks. And the reason I know that is because I got so frustrated with GoDaddy about a year, no, two years ago that I had two weeks worth of problems with them. And I actually went through the problem of switching everything over to a somewhat dedicated server at 200 bucks a month. And then right as I was getting ready to forward my name servers, they fixed it, put me on a different web, a different computer over there and boom, it was fixed. And it's like, man, I'm already paid for five years on GoDaddy and uh, the other service is $200 a month. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll I'll just keep it here. And so I went and canceled that other service. But um, I'll tell you what, let me explain to you. I did a webinar the other day, which by the way, uh, I'll be making all of these webinars that I've done uh, will be made available as digital products for download. And for those who who came to the live webinar sessions. They had the ability to ask questions. They were all on by phone uh, and they got to see my screen as I was doing everything. The people who are going to purchase these products after the fact are going to benefit from the fact that while, um, you know, I recorded the entire screen in full high quality uh, video, uh, I also recorded everything locally. So my voice is recorded in studio quality into these videos. Um, and not only that, but I'm breaking them into, instead of having one two hour thing, it's there, I'm breaking them down into four, uh, you know, 30 minute set, uh, video parts. 
And the video, while the folks who were live actually saw the full screen of everything, um, in the video, I'm actually doing post-production where I pan and I can have the ability on my Mac to zoom in to right where I'm working on the screen. It is amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Uh, so anyway, the, the reason why I love Bluehost is I've been working with tons of clients. And you know what? There's probably other services out there better than Bluehost. And in fact, as soon as I Twittered about the fact that I love Bluehost and they're my preferred web host now, I got like 50 friends who said, hey, you should really try this. They're better than Bluehost and this, 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 this. You know what? I've worked with lots of clients. Several hundred of my clients have lots of different web hosting services. Um, Bluehost is the one service where, man, can I just browse through and breeze through and fly through so much fast FTP uploads, amazing chat support, amazing telephone support. This, these people have it. And no, they're not a sponsor. Although I will say in full disclosure, uh, that I did sign up. I am an affiliate for them now. And so I want to let you know, I am an affiliate for Bluehost and I, strongly encourage people to check them out. If you don't have a hosting service, it's amazing. Uh, their unlimited plan right now, I think it's like $6.95 a month. There's no hidden fees. The domain is included for life if you if you need to register a domain there. Um, and so basically they say it's unlimited hosting space, whatever that means. I don't know if there's any kind of uh, you know small print on that one. They say they have unlimited file transfer, uh, I, I do know for a fact that I don't, I, well, I don't know, but I'm, I would be willing to say that if you pushed them on it, I would be willing to say there probably is a limit to CPU cycles. Um, they say that there's, you can hun, host unlimited number of domains. Of course, you would just pay for additional domains above the one. Uh, included with Bluehost comes, you can have up to 2,500 email accounts. Uh, they have PHP and MySQL built in. Uh and they have a WordPress click, one-click quick install, uh, 24, point, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, s- superb support. I mean, and I'm not just saying that. It, I mean, they say they have superb and responsive sales and support. They do. It's, it's true. Uh, so basically, what I did in this WordPress for Podcasters webinar is I took Jim Branham, who had no domain, no hosting account, and he wanted to create a podcast called Lightroom Digital Podcast. And so what we did is during a two-hour session, and by the way, I got it done in an hour and a half. Just 90 minutes is all it took. And let me see if I can pull up my book here, and let me tell you what we were able to accomplish in 90 minutes. And I think I've got it right here. So number one, we set up his domain and Bluehost hosting account, including getting all of his you know, his credit card entered and all that other stuff. Uh, how did we, I showed him how to install WordPress using the easy install tool. Literally only took a minute or two. It was installed immediately. Whereas with, uh, with GoDaddy, it sometimes can take anywhere between 15, 20 minutes up to two to three hours at times. Um, we installed a brand, you know, I installed a brand new theme for them, explained how they could get other themes. I gave them explanation of what permalinks are and how to configure them so that your people can link and how it gives you better Google search engine results. Um, I showed them how to set up, how I like to sh- set up uh, the category structures for blogging and podcasting from, from the same site. Um, I showed them how to activate the Akismet spam blocking comment block, spam comment blocking software. Uh, and I showed them the other plugins that I use for podcasting and how to configure them, um, the audio player, the KG Enclosure Flex. Also, um, you know, talked about the WordPress database backup plugin. Basically, I got all this stuff set up. I even showed them how, I even did the scenario where I uploaded a sample episode with artwork, tagged everything. I customized the theme. I took the RSS feed from the podcasting category just alone and went to feed burner, set up the feed there, actually put all the description necessary there with art to artwork for iTunes, took the RSS feed from feed burner, submitted it to iTunes and actually went back and put links to RSS feed subscription tools so people could subscribe within 90 minutes from having absolutely no domain, no hosting account within 90 minutes the site was up and running with a podcast on there. And I also showed Jim and everybody else that was in the webinar how to post new content to the podcast. 
it was awesome. And I could never have done that with GoDaddy. I could have never done that with a lot of other hosting services. But the reason why I felt confident enough to do this during a live webinar, I mean, I had, I think I had a, there was a total of about 12 people on the phone that day or in this, in this live session that day. And the reason why I felt confident enough is every time I've ever had to do something with Bluehost, uh, I was able to do it that fast. I've never had a time when it didn't work that fast. So, yeah, it was really good. And by the way, if anybody's interested in purchasing that, I'll be making it available soon on my website where you can actually just click a button and hit go on to PayPal and then it'll immediately give you the download links. If you don't want to wait until that's available, which will be another two weeks probably, you can email me feedback at gspn.tv or if you go to podcastanswerman.com, my real email address is cliff at ravenscraft.org. It's written up on the right-hand side of the website. But anyway, uh, if you email me and say, hey, I want to get that you know WordPress from scratch you know uh, session and can you send that to me? It's $100. It's, it's very well produced and I'm telling you, it's very useful. Uh, people pay me uh, anywhere between two hundred to four hundred dollars to do that work for them. You could follow it and do it all for yourself. So uh, definitely, definitely worthwhile. All right. So oh, and by the way, I did sign up. I am an affiliate for Bluehost now. And if you decide you want to sign up for them, do me a favor. Go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash Bluehost link. And it is again podcastanswerman.com forward slash blue host link all one word all right so next is we're going over to jonathan who called in and he wanted to talk about using a compressor with skype so in the past couple episodes um i've been talking about my compressor limiter gate and uh several episodes ago i was only talking about it in you know how i use it here in the studio and also how i get um and also how I get um, that, you know, the, how I use it with my broadcast host. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can catch and see what they're talking about in the chat room and talk to you at the same time. But anyway, let me go ahead and just play Jonathan. This is something he had called in. Hi, Cliff. This is Jonathan Walls. I'm from the Power Scripting Podcast. And I was just listening to an episode recently of your podcast Answer Man show where you were talking about recording over Skype. Now, with our podcast, that's something that we do all the time, and we try to do Skype to Skype if the person that we're interviewing has, you know, a headset or something that they can use. Otherwise, we will use Skype out. And But one of the techniques that you didn't mention that I think might be useful for your listeners who are using Skype, we actually have a, a separate vocal strip that we use that we run Skype through. Now, what we have is a Tapco SQ2 uh, which is very inexpensive. I think it retails for about $100. Uh, it's called a squeeze, and it has a compressor and a limiter, and it also has a gate on it, which is very useful for gating out the background sounds. And I just wanted to send you a, a short sample of a recent interview that we did over Skype with the Skype call going through this compressor. And if you have any questions about how to set that up, I'm sure that Cliff would be happy to do some consulting with you on that or to sell you the equipment. So how long have you been doing SharePoint consulting? Uh, I first started using it, um, I think it was 2002. Okay. It was, uh, I was in England actually, living in London at the time. And uh, I got I got a call up for a project where someone had just gotten the beta version. All right. So there you go. Jonathan, thank you very much for calling that in. And you know what? That's something that I had this four channel compressor limiter gate. And it's been something I've been thinking about doing forever. Your email came. I mean, gosh, this voicemail has been sitting in the 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 queue for several months now. And since then, I have hooked up my um, my compressor limiter gate to bring in my Skype because there are times when I would have folks who come in on Skype and they're using their internal MacBook speaker and it you know you can hear the fan in the background and all that other stuff and and the uh the gate option does kind of drop out and cut and cuts the sound from the skype for when those people aren't talking and uh, before i go into further detail about that i want to actually bring in another call and this one comes from richard who is actually directly calling in about the last couple episodes where i've been talking about a compressor limiter gate 
Hi, Cliff. This is uh, Richard in Boston with a comment for the podcast Answer Man. I'm a new listener. And, oh, how did I uh, find out about the podcast Answer Man? I'm glad you asked. Uh, from a message you posted about the Heil PR40 in the Yahoo group. group. Anyway, you were I was listening to, I think it was 143, and you were espousing the benefits of using a gate in the audio chain. Now, I was listening to the show in my car, driving down the highway at 60 miles an hour, and I frankly could not hear any hiss. When the gate kicked in, there was no difference from when the gate was out. So in my mind, it sort of you know, begs the question of why use it if you can't hear it. I know that if you were listening as you were with uh, high-quality over-the-ear headphones at a high volume, I probably would have been able to hear the hiss, but I couldn't because I was driving down the highway. And, and uh, uh, most people don't listen to the show with... Uh, High-quality over-the-ear headphones at high volume. Now, uh, the question is, what if the hiss were louder? If the hiss were substantial so that I could hear it driving down the highway, then what I would hear when the gate uh, snapped into operation would be an absence of the noise. And I'd be hearing the noise when the person was talking, and then it would go away. And then I'd hear it again, and then it would go away. And then I'd hear it again, and then it would go away. And to me, when the noise is that loud, and using a gate only draws attention to the noise. Uh, frankly, I would uh, it would be less obnoxious if if there was no gate and the noise was there one hundred percent of the time. But that's only my opinion. You do a good show. Keep up the good work. Thanks. All right. Well, Richard, first of all, thank you for sharing your opinion. Um, I am going to share a couple things where I'm going to counter your opinion with my opinion again. Uh, and there, there are two things that I want to say in relation to your, your comments there. Uh, number one, you said we should not be, or actually you said, uh, most people don't listen to the show this way. And, and in the four years, you know, that I've been consulting with people and doing podcasting, this is something that I think is, um, is a potential issue for a lot of podcasters. All right. And, and, and I want I want everybody to kind of just perk up and listen to this. OK, we should not be so quick to assume that, quote unquote, most people listen to the show or to a podcast the way we do. All right. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There are many times there are many times when I assume that everybody's using an iPod. You know why? Because for the last several years, I've been using an iPod. And you know what? Before I started using an iPod, um, I was I was anti-iPod. I was, dude, I loved my Windows, Windows Mobile Palm device. And I remember, you know, people would say, hey, Cliff, if you would only do this, it would look so much better on my iPod. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking it's like well nobody uses iPods that's only for those Mac fanboys you know nobody uses that and it's like and 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 it's very easy for us to to just assume that the way that we prefer to consume content is the way that everybody prefers to consume content and and sometimes we can get around other people who listen to things and do things the way we do them and we assume that that's the way it's always done uh, it reminds me that let me give let me take it away from this for just a moment so so it's not such an emotional tie to our disagreement about the the usefulness of a compressor limiter gate let's talk about twitter for just a moment i have this consulting client of mine he's been a client of mine for many years um, and many years. Well, okay. So, so for about two years now two yeah, about just over two years. Um, and, and I remember, you know, just trying to t- explain to him the usefulness of Twitter. And finally he started, he started diving into Twitter and saw a little bit of initial response and stuff like that. But he really still was not putting everything into it that I felt like he should and what I had talked to him about. And all of a sudden, I noticed that a couple weeks went by and he's pretty much just abandoned Twitter. And do you know why he abandoned Twitter? Because, well, he says, you know what? I was hanging out with some of my friends, you know, these lawyer folks that I, you know, that I run in circles with and, and stuff like that. They're on, they're all on Facebook and, and, you know, they pretty much, you know, we kind of got to talking and about three or four of us had this conversation and they decided that the three or four to four of them 
because they don't use Twitter and see its usefulness that they said, you know what, pretty much it's just a it's just a known fact that people aren't using Twitter these days. It, it's it's kind of a passing fad. And I'm like, what? Because because you and four other people agreed you think that Twitter is just a pass. It, it's it's a fad that came and gone it, and is now gone. And I sit there and so I basically I the I said, I'll tell you what. I'm coming over to your place to bring over the new equipment that you just ordered. I'm going to hook it up. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to show you that this is not a passing fad. And so I went to my client's place and I asked him to ask me a a technical question that he didn't know the answer to. And I said, okay, what's your question? And then all of a sudden what I did is I put out a Twitter message and I said, you know, hey guys, I have a question. I'm at a client's place. Can you help me out and respond with any links that would answer this question? And boom, the answer started coming and my phone just went buzz crazy. It was just nuts. And all of a sudden he's like, wow, there are people out there listening to this. And I'm like, yes. All right. So here, here's the thing though. We we assume that because we don't because we don't need to to have here a compressor limiter gate because we're driving in the car. That's you know truck drivers. You you listen to a podcast. You listen to podcasts all day long every day. You you may assume that every you know let's just say you commute to and from work. You get an hour long commute to work, an hour long commute from work. You assume because the only time you really have time to listen to podcasts is during that road time that that's true for everybody, and it's not. Because the people who are at work all day that they're doing data entry and they listen to podcasts with earbuds in, they actually they don't have high quality over the ear Bose headphones like I'm wearing right now, but instead they have earbuds that are tucked right inside their ear canals. All right. And those earbuds are actually even putting just as much crystal clear whatever is coming from the recording is going straight down their ear canals and those people will disagree with you they would really like to cut out the fan noise that's coming from somebody's internal mic from skype when the person on skype is not talking all right so here's the deal you got the in the background and what you're right you're driving 60 miles down the road miles per hour down the road you do not hear that static you only hear the voice of the person on skype and you only hear the voice of the person in the studio but if you're listening with earbuds in which is anybody who's at work all day listening with earbuds in which is anybody who's listening with earbuds in while they're you know going for a walk through the neighborhood it's anybody who happens to be at the gym listen um listening to uh, their their stuff while they're at, on the treadmill, on the recumbent bike, on the elliptical. Uh, it's anybody who's listening to it in earbud with earbuds in uh, while they're doing yard work. Okay, maybe the people who are mowing the lawn while listening to podcasts. Yes, that's me. Um, yeah, I, I do. I th- those kind of things. There are times when it's not necessary, but there are literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who do listen to podcasts with earbuds stuck right into their ear canal and um or and, and vicky says or a doctor's office and all these other things so let's the, the that's i mean and this doesn't even have to do with the compressor limiter gate this has to do with even a bigger fundamental problem uh, that i see among too many podcasters and that is we assume that the way that we consume is the way that a majority of people consume and that's not true me I will tell you right now, I, I actually type all of my podcast out, podcastanswerman.com or podcastanswerman and a three digit number hyphen the name of the episode dot MP3. And you know what? Because I use iTunes, it doesn't matter if I actually change that and instead start doing PAM 147 uh, hyphen a perfect podcast or a perfect interview and more dot MP3. If I change that, and it, for me and literally 70% of my audience who uses iTunes, they could care less. They'll never, ever in a million years will they ever know that I stopped using 
the, the naming the file podcast answer man and shortened it to PAM. They'll never know. But I will get an email within three or four days from Jonathan Nation, who's in our chat room, who uses, uh, a win, he uses some other method of downloading these files and he moves them over to a, a certain MP3 player that actually reads the, the, go, he actually goes and locates the MP3 files that are on his player based upon the file name that I chose. And if all of a sudden I've been doing it one way for several months and then I decide to just shorten it to PAM, he's like searching for podcast answer, man. He can't find it anywhere. He's like, man, I remember downloading and dragging that over, but I can't find his episode. So anyway, and he says it's the Sansa clip. So, so I, I need to be careful that I don't assume that everybody has a pi- iPod. And it's so funny because now I do assume that everybody has an iPod. And before I had an iPod, I assumed nobody used an iPod because I didn't use an iPod. Because I didn't like it, I assumed nobody did. So that's my thoughts there. All right. Now, as far as the compressor limiter gate, you're right. If if the the hiss in the room is equal to the volume of the person speaking, there's nothing that a ho- that a, that a that a gate is going to do to get rid of that. But what it what a gate will do is 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 it's is exactly that. It's the it's the fact that if you have static that's on the line when the people aren't talking, it's nice that when they aren't talking but you are that the static's not there. And that's where the compressor limiter gate that comes in. And by the way, oh my gosh, was I this past week I was overwhelmed with the response of those of you who want to get the MDX 4600. I do have a package for that and uh, I'm going to be creating a video this week on how it hooks up to your gear and all that other stuff. Um, if you're interested in hearing about the package, email me feedback at gspn.tv or go to podcastanswerman.com. You can see how to spell cliff at ravenscraft.org. Ah, anyway, Richard, I hope that you don't mind that I disagree. Sometimes I just disagree with people, and I think the compressor limiter gate is very worthwhile. Uh, not so much to people who are traveling down the road at 60 miles per hour. Not so much to the people who are mowing the lawn with a gas-powered uh, Briggs & Staten engine. Uh, but, but those of us who are walking down a quiet sidewalk for an hour it, or laying in bed at night with the earbuds in. Yeah, very important stuff. All right, one more question, I think. Yes, uh, actually, I might be able to fit two. Here's what Mitch had to say. Hey, Cliff, Mitchell here calling for the podcast Answer Man, and I'm thinking about starting up a fan podcast. So I figured I should get all the podcast information before I started, so I went back to listen to all the podcast answer man back episodes i started at number one about a month ago i think i'm up to 64 now i've been listening to all the episodes on speed times two trying to you know get through all of them so i can you know have all everything i need to sort of podcast anyways i haven't heard you answer this question and maybe you do between episodes 65 and 140 uh when i started listening to the most recent ones also anyway my question is if you start a fan podcast if you need any type of legal permissions or if you can just start up a fan podcast without getting into any trouble so that's my question uh thanks a lot love your show love everything you guys do and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks all right mitch outside of uh the riaa and playing music in your podcast that's licensed i'm going to tell you about a philosophy i have in life that i've applied to my podcasting especially when it comes to fan podcasts it is easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to get permission. Uh, so, for example, here's the deal. Um, the Desperate Housewives fan podcast, the Doctor Who fan podcast, the uh, all these other fan podcasts, um, no problem at all. Uh, th- the fact is I'm just using their name, but I'm just saying the name that we're a fan and it, that it's a podcast. Now, I think it's funny that if you go to biggestloserpodcast.com, desperatehousewivespodcast.com, lostpodcast.com, that I own all of those domains. I mean, I do. Seriously, go lost. I mean, why doesn't ABC own lostpodcast.com? I don't know why they don't own it, but I do. And I love that I do. And even though the ABC has an official Lost Podcast, but if you go to lostpodcast.com, you're going to go to my site. 
Um, and I've never had, I've been doing this for, well, more than four years now, never had a single problem. Now, if there's anything that I do that really runs the risk of something that I need to be concerned about the legality of is I play a ton of audio clips from the TV show Lost. Now, as far as just giving commentary and reporting on what happened in a TV show, I I don't see any problems at all. Zero zilch nada. However, playing, you know, playing a total of 23 minutes worth of audio in your show that is directly from the TV show. Maybe I don't play that much. Maybe I play a total of eight or nine minutes of an episode from the audio clips. Uh, Still, never, never once have I ever had it. Matter of fact, let me play this for you real quick. Uh, Listen to this. If you've ever listened to the or seen the TV show, lost um and you hear uh, you know who jorge garcia is or the guy that plays uh hurley listen to this yes colonel lock this line secure line secure go ahead hey cliff stephanie it's jorge there you go hey cliff and stephanie it's jorge it's jorge garcia he listens to our show uh other people from lost who listen to our show um daniel day kim listens to our show uh damon and carlton have listened to our show um terry o'quinn has listened to our show um several people several cast several crew members uh from several executives certain vice presidents of certain departments of disney have an an abc and 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 i won't say any other things because it gets a little too too connected to some things and people but anyway there are a lot of people that are pretty high up at ABC and Disney who own all the rights to Lost who listen to our show. And I can guarantee you this, I would have no problem doing a podcast, a fan podcast related to the TV show Lost if I didn't use any audio clips. I don't think I'd have any issue at all. Now, if I were to go to ABC and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast and I'd like your permission in writing, if you wouldn't mind, to, to so I can have it on file, to use audio clips from your show. I can almost guarantee you that, I can almost guarantee you that they would say no, that they would have to say no. But you know what? Would they ever say no? Would they ever tell me to stop? Well, it's been four years and no, I I can't see it happening. So with that being said, I would say you really shouldn't have to worry about too much. Now, with that being said, I would go to an entertainment lawyer and get your advice from them and understand that I am not one of those. (sighs) You know what? I have I have time for one more little thing. No, 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 no. I tell you what, I'm going to tease you. I've got I've got 57 minutes on here. So uh, I'm going to tease you and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tease you with. What if I told you, what if I told you that there, I just found out a, something totally amazing about a way of doing telephone interviews that I can't believe. I, I it, it blows my mind to think that I did not think of this on my own. I didn't think of it on my own. Out of all this time, there is a way for me to do telephone interviews that would sound absolutely amazing and I had the device at all times right in front of me to do perfect, perfect sounding telephone interviews. And I had the device all the time. And, it, and, and it's with me all the time via the telephone, via the telephone. They can call you. You can call them. It doesn't matter. The audio coming in, you, you don't have to have a broadcast host. I mean, this is awesome. And I'm going to tell you about it next week. I'm going to tell you about it next week. Podcast Answer Man, episode number 148. Telephone interviews without a broadcast host in really awesome quality. Tune in next week. PodcastAnswerMan.com. If you guys need some audio equipment, you want to know it's not Google Voice. None of that. Uh, but uh, I will tell you, it's awesome. I'll tell you, it is absolutely awesome. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Tell somebody else about PodcastAnswerMan.com. Um, buy lots of equipment from me. Contact me. Go go to gspn.tv slash online training. GS or no, 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 no. Go go to podcastanswerman.com slash online training. Podcastanswerman.com. And by the way, no, it's not a modem. 
Uh, they're they're all guessing. Uh, they they go. There goes the sales on the broadcast host, folks. If it doesn't, if it's not clear to you that I'm not in this just to make money to sell equipment, then uh, then uh, you know you you haven't listened long enough. Although I think I'll still sell quite a few broadcast hosts, but um, yeah. Um, go to podcastanswerman.com slash online training. And all of those things that I did as webinars are going to be available as digital audio products that you can purchase and download at $100 each. I can tell you right now, the how I do and my thinking related to premium membership that's already available for download, you can purchase it and I'll send you you links to download it. Uh, Adobe Audition 101. Everything a podcaster needs to know about Adobe Audition, it's available in a four-part video series. Uh, WordPress, setting it up from scratch with Bluehost. And even if you don't want to use Bluehost, there's still enough information in that for everything you need for how I configure my clients for WordPressing and po- WordPress podcasting. Uh, that's available already. So those three are already available. The other stuff like Audacity 101, all those other ones, they're going to be a mention uh, available very soon. God bless you all. Till next time, join the community.